It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Football Social Daily, the Premier League podcast. Welcome to Football Social Daily, the award-winning Premier League podcast from Sports Social. It's the FA Cup this week and it's yet another season without a domestic trophy for Tottenham Hotspur, knocked out at the fifth round stage yesterday by Sheffield United of the Championship. Spurs not the only Premier League team to suffer though. Leicester were beaten by Blackburn and Southampton were also dumped out. League 2 Grimsby Town into the quarterfinals. That's what you get for banning Harry the Haddock. Brentford are already out of the FA Cup, but could their star striker Ivan Tony also be missing in the future? The centre-forward has admitted to breaching the FA's betting rules, but he doesn't like the fact some places are reporting he's in line for a six-month ban. And there was Premier League action last night as Everton faltered further in the fight to stay up. But in all fairness, it was against league leaders Arsenal. My name's Niall and joining me in the studio today, we've got Joel Tudor and Marley Anderson. But before we get into introducing the guys, I should say a couple of weeks ago, I introduced Marley by saying, how are Marley? How are you? And I vowed never to do it again. But I feel like today might be an appropriate occasion because we are in the Newcastle Don't Football Social Daily Studio and we are in the shadow of St. James's Park. We can see the Strawberry Pub through the window. We can, we can see Alan Shearer's statue. Um, I'm still not going to say how way. How good. are you, Marley, this morning? I'm very good. Very good. I'll be the same pet and all that. That's in the <laughs> land of I'll be the same pet. So, yeah, nice to... I mean, Joel's never been to Newcastle before. He told us in the car before. So on the two and a half hour journey up here, he was like... Uh, the the Northern Angel or something is that in area? And I was like, do you mean the, do you mean the Angel of the North? You absolute goon! It's all irrelevant to me this area of the world. I can't lie, especially after Sunday as well. Hey, we drove past it and Joel's there taking pictures. Saying, look, Mum, look where I am. I was saying, Mum, yeah. can you get me out of here? I just wonder whether Joel does that with all landmarks he visits. Does he slag off the Coliseum and then take a selfie with it? Yeah, no, <laughs> Slight difference with the Coliseum to the uh, Angel of the North. Well, yeah, the Angel of the North's better. <laughs> Anyway, we're here in Newcastle because we're going to be speaking shortly to former Premier League player Pascal Chimbonda, who played for the likes of Blackburn, Wigan, Tottenham 
and Sunderland. And you can hear our interview with Pascal Chimbonda next Wednesday. That's when it will be out here. So just hit subscribe and that way you won't miss it. Yesterday we heard from Francis Benali. Every Wednesday on FSD we'll be endeavouring to bring you an interview with a former Premier League personality. But first of all, we're going to discuss the FA Cup because, of course, it's been fifth round action this midweek. Games on Tuesday and Wednesday night and a chance to reach the quarterfinals for many a Premier League club albeit three of them have fallen by the wayside. Let's start with Spurs, who were knocked out 1-0 at the hands of Sheffield United at Bramall Lane last night. Again, the question continues, Marley. When will Tottenham Hotspur win a domestic trophy? (laughs) They didn't get through to the Carabao Cup final. They're out of the FA Cup now at the fifth round stage. What is going on there? Same old story for Spurs. Yeah, same old. Um, it's, It's hard to know. Um, with Spurs because obviously they don't do anything you expect them to do when they sort of they look brilliant in in some patches in some games Um, sometimes they string it together for a full 90 minutes and look like they're they're on the verge of something but they just they always revert to type and I always think with Spurs the way they sort of set up they they play to the level of their opponents so they play you know they turn up and play Man City the Etihad and go toe-to-toe with them and they look like a genuine threat to to everything, to the title, to um, cup competitions, if they carry on that type of form, and they just never can. And then they go to Sheffield United and they play to their level and get beat by Sheffield United, sort of because they're not the sort of turn up expecting to win type of thing. Um, you've seen it with, you know, they've lost, remember they lost to, to Burnley last season, didn't they, under Conte? Um, and it was kind of like they get suckered in too easily. They don't have their own identity, I don't think. Um, and they, they sort of, turn up and be like, right, well, well, we'll win today. As long as we turn up, we'll win. And that's just not the case, especially in a cup game uh, against Sheffield United. You know, it's they've got form for, for uh, giant killing and, and things like that and doing pretty well. You know, they're doing well in the championship. I think they're third in the championship, so hmm. they're never going to be a walkover. Um, and that's, you know, Spurs found out the hard way last night. I was watching the last 15, 20 minutes of this game, Joel, actually, just five minutes before Sheffield United scored through Illiman and Diaye. And I was watching Harry Kane thinking, how much does he want this? How much does he want to win a trophy? And Harry Kane has done so much for Tottenham. He's their record scorer, of course. Got a massive chance in the last 30 seconds of the game with a header, pretty much a free header. He couldn't even get it on target. Now, that's not me disrespecting Harry Kane and his finishing ability because we know it's absolutely incredible. But I was just wondering... Is he going to be the player that tries to drop deep and get the ball and, and, and just tries something? Because the Sheffield United goal was someone with a bit of confidence, tried a bit of something and it came off. So again, we talk about Tottenham Hotspur and again, we talk about Harry Kane, who's gone trophyless domestically again because Spurs aren't winning the Premier League. So it's possibly another season with an empty trophy cabinet for him as well. I don't think you can say... Is he do a uh, question? Is he doing enough? Because he's averaged at what twenty plus Premier League goals every year for the last decade. It's unheard of that kind of record. Yeah, you do need good players around you as well to win league titles or just titles in general. But this is why you know when Manchester United just won the uh, the Carabao Cup on Sunday. Did they? Lot, you haven't mentioned that. Uh, by the way, I'm in Newcastle and we won the Carabao <laughs> Cup on Sunday. How do long you know did that, that take? Oh, let me yeah. just check. Uh, go outside. Just had to walk past Take James's five minutes just and 54 seconds to mention wow. that on today's show. Go outside we are, and say that, Joel. For the viewers who don't know, I, we can literally see St. James's Park from the actual windows. I had to say it. Um, but, you know, everyone kind of looks at the, the victory and says, you know, it's a, it's a Carabao Cup. It's not nothing crazy. But when you look at the fact that Harry Kane 
has still not won anything in his whole career at Tottenham. And he's been nowhere near close. And one final has he been in, which is the Champions League, and that's it. If you no, want to they, got, they got done in a Carabao Cup by Man City, did they, as well? A yeah, couple years they, ago. When they sacked, they sacked Mourinho, Mourinho ah, three yeah, days before. Course, it, just yeah. before. It's, 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 I think this was a massive opportunity for them this year because there's only three Premier League teams left now, United, City and Fulham. And I don't think there was a clearer run for Tottenham, especially with the team that they've got to actually give it a go because, again, I just feel like Tottenham as a club need that catalyst trophy, whether it's a Carabao Cup, whether it's an FA Cup, just something to almost break this... It seems like this stereotype that they've got around that they need yeah. to become winners in their but mind But is Conte again. going to be the man to deliver that? That would be my next question because Mourinho got them to a final but wasn't given the chance to manage the team in the final. Then they went for Nuno Espirito Santo, which was obviously an appointment that didn't work out. Now they've got Antonio Conte. And I remember sitting on Football Social Daily saying, he's a winner, he'll get them going, he'll get them competitive at the moment, it looks like they're fighting to stay in the Champions League spots because they can't win a trophy. And obviously, Conte wasn't there pitch side last night, still recovering from this gallbladder operation. But is he going to be the guy that gets Tottenham Hotspur some silverware? Because every manager that has tried in the last however long hasn't been able to do it, including some class managers like Mourinho. Well, if Antonio Conte is not going to be the guy, then who is? Because he has an amazing cup record even you know in terms of Coppa Italia's in terms of FA Cups with Chelsea he won a good amount if you're not going to get anything out of Antonio Conte in terms of getting a trophy which was the main name why uh, Paratici brought him into the club then who the hell is going to do it because the only option I see right now is someone like Pochettino again mm. which I don't believe will be a, a match made in heaven anymore yeah. um, it's just I'm trying to understand with Tottenham because they spend a lot. They still spend a good amount. They still are ambitious. They've got a new stadium and they're still ambitious with it compared to, you know, when Arsenal first moved into their stadium. I just feel like with Tottenham, they need a sort of Graham Potter manager who is going to build with them and try and build a team where there's no, you know, two-year gaps. Because let's not forget, they've just got Mourinho. He's a bit of a two, three-year gap manager. Conte, two, three-year gap. It's like there's no long-term plan with them, which they did have under Pochettino. He was there for a good five to six years and almost brought them such top, top success just at the final hurdle. And I feel like they need to go back to the drawing board with just mm. a long-term plan again and start building. Well, unless they win the Champions League, of which they're 1-0 down to AC Milan at the moment after one leg, or unless they win the Premier League, Tottenham will be trophyless again this season. Another season without silverware for a big club like Spurs. When is that duck going to break? Well, certainly clubs like Leicester City, who have managed to upset the apple cart in recent times, have won trophies more recently than Spurs. Brendan Rodgers, the man in the dugout that day at Wembley in 2021. But will he be in the Leicester dugout for that much longer? Because they were beaten as well in the FA Cup on Tuesday night. They lost to another championship side in Blackburn Rovers. But not only did they lose Marley, they were completely outplayed. And it seems like there are some disgruntled Foxes fans when it comes to the future of Brendan Rodgers. How do you see that unfolding? Because he's another manager who we know has plenty of pedigree in the Premier League, but he is coming under fire. Yeah, he's been on and off under fire all season, hasn't he? I think, um, you know, it looked like he was going to go probably six weeks ago-ish. Um, and then he sort of won a couple of games and, you know, they beat Spurs, which was a, a big result. Um, and then it was, they almost reverted to type last night. Blackburn are a dangerous team. Um, they're sort of, in the playoff hunt in, in the championship and yeah. 
they either win or they lose Blackburn. They yeah. draw very few games, though. So they, I think they draw like one all season. I think they've drawn one, yeah, yeah. all season. Um, and so it's at, so they go for it basically. That's that's what that tells you. They go for it, and if they lose, they lose, and if they win, they win more than they lose. So it was always a dangerous one, and you've already you've already got the the added um, incentive of like you've drew with them once before, so you know that they can hold it. They know they that they can cause you problems, and they didn't seem to learn from that and. You know, the the lineup was a little bit suspect. Um it's just so many mistakes. Players like Amate and Sumare just giving the ball straight to Blackburn. Here yeah. you go, lads. Have I mean, a go at us. The, the, their defence is horrific. I mean, Daniel Amate is is a squad player. He's not a he's not a starter. You can't you can't start twenty games in a row and, and not make mistakes in at least half of them. And he's seen he's seen him last night trying to pass the ball into midfield, just was way out of his comfort zone. Do you have some um, sympathy though for Leicester? Because every single time they seem to develop a good defender, they just get bought quickly. <laughs> yeah, true. That suitor looks all right as well, to be fair. But he's he, <laughs> don't he, tell anyone that. I don't know. Didn't, yeah. didn't play against Blackburn. Didn't play. Yeah, of course. You it know, fast cup, and, uh, and cup tie problems and stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, yeah, not a good night at the office for Leicester City. They're out. I think of the FA off. Cup. Yeah, Brendan Rodgers. You think at the end of the season? Yeah, I think because they're not in like massive trouble now. I think they'll just. I think the fans have turned, and I think Rodgers' hunger for the for the job isn't there as well, much as it once was. And I, they've already peaked by hitting the FA Cup. So, mm, what what is success after you've already won a trophy? Like winning it again? I actually got to speak to a, Brendan Rodgers after the game, and I could tell by his voice and the look in his eyes that he'd been absolutely thrashing the players in the dressing room. Yeah. He gave them a proper good shouting out. I can tell by the way that he was kind of carrying himself after the game. So. It would be a shame to see Brendan Rodgers lose his job at Leicester because I think in terms of the four years, because it's his four-year anniversary, that game against Blackburn was his 200th game as Leicester manager. I think in that time, when you take it all, two fifth-place finishes and an FA Cup, I think they've done pretty well in that four years. At the moment, they're struggling though, of course. And so too in the Premier League are Southampton. And incidentally, Leicester and Southampton will face off in the top flight this weekend at St Mary's. But the FA Cup will no longer be on Southampton's list of priorities. Probably wasn't anyway, Joel, with where they are in the top flight table, rock bottom of the standings. But to lose to a League Two side, Grimsby Town, 16th in the fourth division, that is as big a blow as you could expect for a side who are already low on confidence. It's a blow, but Southampton have bigger, bigger priorities right now, which is trying to stay in the Premier League. And I know, I know because you support Portsmouth as well, you would 100% say, I'd rather win an FA Cup than stay in the Premier League, potentially. All day long. However, in this situation, and you could tell by the team that he put out as well, it was very, very weakened. I think um, he's the manager is completely prioritising just trying to stay in there. And when you come to these FA Cup ties it's as league well... league two Grimsby Town. Southampton's second string side, their reserve team, shouldn't be losing to a team 16th in the fourth division. But it's momentum, isn't it? When it comes to the FA Cup, you can clearly see with these ties, there's a team who have been waiting for this moment for the last month and a team who have only just sprung it upon themselves and have already got their eyes focused on the next Premier League game. And that's the reality of it. I don't really buy into because they're Premier League players, they should be winning it because that's what a cup competition is. Is It's more a test of motivations than it is about actual form. Um, and I think for Southampton, they're in a really precarious position in the Premier League now because they don't have like a permanent manager to keep them afloat. They got a really good result against Chelsea and then suddenly they end up 
getting beaten by Grimsby. It shows to me that their eggs are all in just trying to remain in the Premier League and then go again. Because you know why? There's too much money in, in staying in there. The FA Cup has no inherent value to an owner, really. Portsmouth reached the FA Cup final in 2010 and went down. And but for, a bit, of, and up for a bit of brilliance from Didier Drogba, Portsmouth would have won that trophy. And so I remember that season for the strength we showed in adversity as a fan base and as a club. And I remember the time we got to the FA Cup. We beat Spurs in the semi-final in 2010 or against the odds. They thought we were going to smash us. We just we beat them 2-0, right? And we get to the final and Didier Drogba scores a free kick. Amazing goal. Fair play. Chelsea gone to win the double under Ancelotti. But that's my memories of that season. Even though we got relegated and we we're in financial chaos, we restored a bit of pride. Southampton could have restored a bit of pride in their wretched season by not losing to Grimsby and getting to an FA Cup quarter final. And if you look at the teams that are in it, you've already mentioned there's only a handful of Premier League teams left. So they would have come up against the championship side and would have fancied their chances. But in the end, defeat for Southampton out of the FA Cup, didn't reach the quarterfinals. I think Grimsby deserved the win, not only because they were better on the night, but also because Southampton tried to ban them from bringing Harry the Haddocks, the inflatable fish, into the away end. And in the end, there were still thousands of them in the away end. So good on you, Grimsby Town fans. Uh, It wasn't just FA Cup action last night. Of course, there was some Premier League stuff happening as well. And we'll talk about that soon here on Football Social Daily. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back. This is FSD, an award-winning Premier League podcast. I'm Niall. Joel and Marley are with me. And there were some Premier League games on offer last night. Liverpool beat Wolves by two goals to nil. How many Liverpool Wolves games has there been this season, by the way? <laughs> it feels like there's been one every other week at the moment um, in all competitions. But that's not the game we're going to focus on. We're going to focus on the fact that Everton were beaten by Arsenal. Big game for both sides at different ends of the table. Let's start at things from an Everton perspective, Marley. Sean Dyche, in his four games before last night, two wins, two defeats. One of those wins was against Arsenal in his first game in charge. Arteta gets his revenge in the end. How big a blow is that, considering it's another game played in the Premier League? Technically, you might want to call it a game in hand, if you will. Mm. But they're still in the relegation zone and a pretty heavy defeat in the end. Yeah, it's not good for the the goal difference, which, you know, may come into it towards the end of the season, but... I think with um, I see that as a bit of a free hit. It's Arsenal away, like it's it's tough. Um, I know you beat them a couple of weeks ago, but it was Deitch's first game. 
it was at home. Everyone was up for it. There's a new sort of dawn. And it's a, the, the peak of the manager bounce thing. You're never going to get more out of Everton than you are on that day. Hmm. Um, and it, that obviously came about with the with the with the result as well you know beating them one nil with Tarkowski's header was was as good as it's um it's gonna get it's about how good is your sort of um not your best performance but like your medium performance like your your average needs to be good enough and I don't don't think you find that out against Arsenal away from home um and as soon as he scored the goal in the first half it's gonna be a mountain to climb because you know they've seen you two weeks ago they they know how you play it's fresh in their mind They've done their homework, you know. They know where you're, where you can be got at, and where they needed to be better in their, um, in their preparation and their approach to the game. So, they that just proved itself last night. You know, Martin is on, on on fire again. He's found a bit of form with, with Trossard coming in and, and threatening for for his place. You know, he's he's popped up really uh, strongly in the last last couple of weeks. You know, he bags he bags a couple, and Arsenal keep a clean sheet and score four, and it's another day at the office for them, but. It's. Uh, I think it's good actually for Everton to get this game out of the way now. Like they don't have to play, you know, a league chasing Arsenal now. I don't know if they got Man City towards the end of the season, but you know, it's Everton are going to stay up or go down, and what happens with against the teams in the bottom half, yeah. not against Arsenal away. It's not not really fair to to read too much into it. And of those teams in the bottom half of the Premier League table, Everton have played a game more than Leeds and West Ham who are above them and Bournemouth and Southampton who are below them in that relegation zone. They're on 21 points, the same amount of points as Bournemouth who have played a game fewer. Not looking good for Everton at the moment. And Sean Dyche, as much as we commended him in terms of his ability to go in there and get them playing and get the attitude right and possibly keep them in the Premier League, a lot of the fingers now are being pointed not at Sean Dyche, not even at Frank Lampard before him, but the inability of Everton and the hierarchy there to bring in any reinforcements during the January window. They did not sign a single player. A club looking to try and stay in the Premier League made no January signings. Will that come back to haunt them, do you think, Joel? Everton's issue is that it's just the culmination of so many things that have gone wrong in the last year and a half, two years even stems back to Marcel Brandstra and his time there where, like you say, they've not had a good recruitment strategy. So they've got a bunch of really overpriced, over, um, average, really just not Everton football players playing and having to play because like you've just mentioned, uh, Sean Dyche has not been able to go and buy anyone. Granted, he joined quite late in the window, but even still, they could have at least made some kind of loan signing, some emergency signing. And when you start looking at the common denominator which is happening, which is, you know, they try Frank Lampard, doesn't work. They try Rafa Benitez, didn't quite work. Sean Dyche, we know that he's a renowned manager for getting the most out of a very, very small budget squad. I'm not, I'm not saying it's not working, but this is going to go down to the wire and it shouldn't have, it shouldn't have, have uh, it shouldn't have happened. And there's only one common denominator and the Everton fans know exactly what I'm going to say, which is it's the hierarchy. The success of a club has to come from the top down always. And if they're lucky, they'll have a manager who almost almost makes it a bottom up because they're the ones who almost create the culture and what the club's about. But you need assistance from above. And that's the issue they have at the moment. They've not got any goals in the squad whatsoever. They're defensively very, very frail. The midfield's extremely weak. And now they're paying the price at the moment. And again, it's like I mentioned on the podcast not too long ago, 
this season, I think, is going to be one of the most dramatic in terms of the relegation fight. I truly believe that when it comes down to the final five games of the season, I don't think we're going to know who's going to go down. I agree. I said a couple of weeks ago, you'd be an absolute fool to put on any on any money at the bookies as to who's going to go down, who's going to win the title, who's going to qualify for Europe. But let's focus on that title race because Arsenal, in winning 4-0 against Everton last night, Marley, re-established that five-point gap to Manchester City at the top. I was looking at their fixtures coming up. The Gunners, they've got Bournemouth at home on Saturday. Should be three points there. Then it's the Europa League against Sporting, home and away, Thursday the 9th and Thursday the 16th. And then Premier League games against Fulham, Crystal Palace and Leeds before Liverpool uh, at Anfield on the 9th of April. So the next three or four games look quite rosy for Arsenal and they've already got a five-point gap. The Mm. one thing that's sticking out to me is those Europa League games. They haven't had to play European football for a while now. Do you think throwing that back into the mix might change the complexion of the title race, perhaps? Because that's something Pep Guardiola's mentioned. Yeah, it might do. I think that's the the biggest um, hurdle for many teams chasing a title. But maybe, you know, I, I don't think anyone's under any illusions that, that and thinking they'd rather win the Europa League than the Premier League. Like, So if you're going to... It comes down to sort of April time. They get past Sporting, um, and they've got like you know Liverpool at a weekend, and you know someone like Man United in the Europa League, for example. You're gonna prioritize the league if if it comes to that. Um, I think a lot of teams can. If sometimes like if teams are fourth in the in the league and or third, and they're they're on the verge of dropping out the top four, then then Europe becomes a an even bigger problem because. You have to win kind of both games because you you do still want to win the Europa League, mm. and Arsenal still will want to win the Europa League. But in this instance, there's a clear first and second priority. First is winning the league. You're five points clear. How can it not be? How can your priority not be winning the league? Whereas if someone like Spurs, for example, like if if Spurs were playing in the Europa League, they'd be like, we need to we can win this and we can make a success of our season. Whereas because the fourth battle for fourth, fifth, third, whatever it might be would be up in the air so much more. So they'd be like, oh, we'll be tempted by the Europa League. We bet we better stay in it. Whereas Arsenal are like five points clear at the top. They want to be in the Champions League. They'd probably take top four over Europa League if if it came down to it, winning the Europa League or getting in the top four, getting the Champions League next season. Mm-hmm. That'd probably be where their priority is. So we'll have to see what, what uh, happens, but they're good enough to win all those games. Like the next four yeah, games yeah. are pretty simple. No, You'd be very disappointed if you dropped even two points. No doubt Arsenal fans would happily see themselves knocked out of the Europa League by Sporting if it meant they went on to win the Premier League. Yeah. I think that's pretty clear, isn't it? You know, But they are currently leading the way. 25 games, 60 points at the bottom of the table. Southampton bottom 18 points, Bournemouth 21. And then in 18th, completing the bottom three is Everton on 21 points. That relegation shake-up and the title race looking exciting. What about the race for European football, though? Brentford is certainly in with a shout. They're ninth at the moment in the standings, but might they have to compete soon without their main man up front, Ivan Tony? We'll talk about it next on Football Social Daily. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? 
I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Welcome back. Final part of today's edition of Football Social Daily. If you hit subscribe, that way you won't miss an episode of the podcast again. News, views and opinions from the top flight of English football from Monday to Friday. So make sure you do that. And on a Wednesday, you won't miss any of our interviews with former Premier League players. Francis Benali, a Southampton legend, has been talking to us this week about exactly why Graham Souness forced him to shave off his moustache Not quite the story you think, but worth listening to. So you can check that out by scrolling back in the timeline. But now we're going to take a look at what might be happening at Brentford with Ivan Toney. Now, we know the striker in the last few months has been charged with multiple uh, breaches of the FA's betting rules. If you're not aware what that is, if you're a Premier League footballer or a professional footballer in any capacity registered to the EFL, the Premier League or an FA registered player, you are not allowed to gamble on matches in the league that you're in or in the same country that you're in, matches you're involved with in particular, because of course that brings up the question of sporting integrity. That is not what we're suggesting Ivan Tony has done. He's just simply been charged with a number of breaches of those betting rules. We don't know exactly what they are, but what we do know is that he's admitted to them, Joel. He's admitted that he's made mistakes. He's admitted that he's broken the rules. And what he's also done yesterday on his Instagram is he kind of released a, a statement about the situation. Now, reports have been surfacing and no doubt rumours have been circulating as well about the fact he could be banned for six months. Now, we don't know that for certain. It's not been decided if there is even going to be a ban. It's likely that there will be, but at this point, we simply don't know if there will be or how long that ban will be if it does happen. So he's a little bit frustrated. He's admitted to the situation, but basically... He's a bit upset that people have been saying he's going to be banned for this long when he doesn't even know himself what the situation is. Yeah, just looking at his statement, I do have a little bit of sympathy for him in this situation because if you cast your mind back to just before the World Cup, he was in incredible form and then suddenly all these news articles broke out about him potentially um, being allegedly um, banned potentially for having to go through these betting breaches. And that was the first time he'd heard about it. And now again... He's saying in his statement that he has now heard for the first time again that he could potentially be banned for six months. Yeah, And it's I think from his side, he's feeling some kind of agenda going on because he keeps getting complete leaks. Like he's mentioned, is a confidential mm. investigation, which means that it's only him in the FA that should be knowing about any yeah. of this. Kind so he, of he wants to know why the newspapers are reporting he's going to be banned for six months before he's got the information himself. He's admitted to 262 breaches of the betting rules, which is remarkable. And no doubt he will be banned, in my personal opinion. And that's what all of the sources are saying. But he's his frustration is the fact that this information is being leaked to the press somehow before he's found out himself. He's described that as, in his words, in that statement you talk about, disturbing, he called it. Yeah, and reading between the lines of that, he's probably thinking that some something going on in the FA is a, almost going against him purposely. Because like I mentioned, it happened way just before the World Cup. I think if it never went out before the World Cup, I'm thinking that potentially he could have been included in the squad because he was in such good form. And again... You should never have to hear from the newspapers when it's a confidential process. The only way it's a the only way it's released to the the papers is purely because of a leak. 
And so it kind of questions the integrity of the investigation as well, if that's going to be the case. So obviously bottom line is regardless if he's found guilty, he should do whatever time is given to them. But it should not be a case of almost having this access to be publicly easily distributed when he's not even been uh, informed of what kind of things are going on with it. So for him, it must be quite difficult. But for Brentford, I think they're probably happy with it dragging on and on and on just through the season because they're benefiting from it, which is the benefit from his goals and potential European qualification. So if it can go on until the latter end of the st- latter age, um, stage of the season, then I think it'd be a perfect case scenario for them, would it not? Well, we'll wait and see what actually does happen. That's the kind of crux of this. Let's just say these leaks that Tony has called disturbing are true, Marley. Just how big of a miss will he be for Thomas Frank? When you think of Ivan Tony and you think of the term talisman, which gets thrown around quite a lot in the Premier League nowadays, you do naturally associate Ivan Tony with being Brentford's star man because he is. Yeah, um, he's he's huge for them. I'd, I'd probably disagree with, with what Joel said about putting it off to the end of the season. I'd try and get it out of the way now. Started six months now because Brentford are pretty much safe. Like... You don't want to start your season with your, yeah. with without your goal scorer. And if and if he stays and they qualify for the Europa Conference, he's not going to be able to play in it anyway if he's banned. Exactly. Yeah, I think um, if if you start in in um, you know August and you've got a six month ban, you're not back till till March. You know this time next year, if if the ban gets put to the start of next season, he won't be back for a year from now, basically. Um, and you don't really want to be. Going six months of a nine-month season without a without a striker or you well your main striker, um. So yeah, it's it's a bit of a strange situation because we've we've all known he was getting banned mm. for for months, and we've all gone well. When's he gonna get banned? When's the ban come? Because do I put him in my fantasy team or not? Because <laughs> um, you're kind of going well. This could come at any point, but you know now it's close yeah. to, close to dropping, and you know he's he's well, he's fuming again about the. Like Joel process, said, it, it came out before the World Cup, didn't it? Which was yeah. what? What's that? Start of November? So what are we yeah, now? The start three of March? down the line, yeah. Like, it's, yeah, it's a strange one. Um, the process is a bit weird, but I don't know. I, I don't know where we go from here, but yeah. I'd just say, you know, get it get it out of the way. Um, mm. And yeah, he's, he's talking about a leak inquiry and stuff, which is which is absolutely right, to be fair, because the timing yeah. is very suspect. We yeah. all said that. He's spot in on the with the leak Cup, thing. Didn't he score twice against Man City in November? And everyone they was like, well, Man City, yeah. well, that should get him on the plane. Last game before the World Cup. Yeah, yeah and all of a sudden, Callum Wilson's on the plane, which still a good decision, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, um, there was a genuine 50-50 shot, so you wonder yeah, yeah. why one man dropped out of the race and one didn't. Now, listen, we don't know what's going to happen with Ivan Tony, and, of course, we don't condone the fact he's breached the betting rules, but when you think about how long he could be out for, reports say six months, and Tony is right. That should be kept confidential and then only released at the conclusion of... The investigation, but let's just say it's six months. Rio Ferdinand got banned for eight months for missing a drugs test. Two hundred and sixty-two breaches of the betting rules. Is that lenient? Is that fair? Six months? Too long? Too short? What do you think? Well, I mean, if we're going off the basis of you know Rio Ferdinand or Kieran Trippier, I think he had one. Was it one count? And he was banned for a well, good 10 Trippier weeks. Trippier was banned for 10 weeks for telling his mates to lump on his yeah. transfer to Atletico So that's Madrid one count, In a right? WhatsApp group. So if we're going to use one that, count. then he's going to be a retiree. He's going to have to come back at 68 or something. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, if he's texting his dad saying, dad, put 20 quid on, I think it depends on today. The, this one, I mean, it depends on the context. So, like, if it's something well, he's well, doing... Well, 262 his... counts counts, like, 
that number says he's he's had 262 bets. Yeah, individual. I can't imagine it's 260 individuals he's told, by the way, I'm going to be starting exactly. this game. Yeah, this yeah. is why I think the context matters. Because it is different. If they're looking at all these bets allegedly that he's made and they're in La Liga, third division, for example, yeah. I can't imagine he's having too much influence on that. Whereas, you know, if it's a game he's been involved in, okay, the severity goes up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but I think... Obviously, I don't know the facts and details of what kind of games and what kind of you know activity he's been doing, but I think if it's the context that we think it is, I think six months is about right, considering it's not influencing a game. It's nothing to do with him moving anywhere because he's not moved anywhere. Um, so I think it'd be pretty fair, to be honest. Yeah, I think it's it's 262 counts, and I'd, I'd be surprised if that was anything other than, you know, he backed Valencia to beat Bilbao in La Liga. Yeah. And then, you know... Leon to beat PSG, for example, and and that that double would have yeah, like because we, like the, we all the charges do. stem from 2017 to 2021. Yeah, so there's that four year period a, of which he a, represented Scunthorpe, he represented Newcastle United, he represented Peterborough, Peterborough United. This is where context Brentford. matters. Then, if he's betting on those games, yeah. then of course, I think the severity goes up quite significantly. Well, listen, if he's playing as a striker for Peterborough in League One and then bets on Manchester City to beat Man United in a derby, for example. Yeah. That's a breach of the betting rules. But 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 how many, you know, this is maybe why the investigation's taken so long because well, there's, there's 262 of, of these to get through. Yeah. Again, yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, but like like you say though, like, like let's take the example, you know, Valencia and Bilbao. Like, how can Ivan Tony have, have no. had any say in that? It's just a mm. normal fella gambling. Like, okay, you shouldn't do it, but... I think a six-month ban for something like that is is daft, to be honest. But it's a massive breach. There's loads of breaches. Also, especially loads. can I say when I know, you have but... things like racial abuse, they get us a good ten-game ban. Mm. There's no yeah. It, it I just, understand that. Like, that's it's a great nonsical. point. That's a really good like, point. Trippier got a ten-week ban. He didn't actually bet himself. No, he told he he was. It, it, it's if, if you read, though, if you it? read the context of yeah. you know the the actual evidence. Mm. He didn't even say no. bet on this. But he just it, said, from like, a yeah, yeah. Perspective. Lump, lump on if you want. Like, okay, that crosses the line, and he should be banned for that. Of course, yeah. he should. But the bookies would be fuming with that, though, because yeah. from their perspective, that jeopardizes their business plan, their entire business. Yeah, model. it's fair. The bottom line is, it's not right. That's no, inside no, no. a trade. He's broke the rules. Yeah, the rules are there. He's yeah, yeah, broke the rules. Course. Do you think that they should make an example of him or not? Who Tony? Yeah. No. Well, I don't. I just, I just don't. Want don't them to, I just. I feel the things that the things that. You know, the problems that face the game, you know, it's not that big. He's not it's not spot betting, it's not match fixing, it's not the Calciopoly Juventus scandal. <laughs> yeah. You know, no one's gonna go it's not that it's not that deep. It's just a fella who when he started this was on, you know, a couple of grand a week, wanted a little bit extra, could probably afford to put forty quid on a on an acre that would return him a grand or whatever. You know what I mean? Everyone everyone does it. And I know maybe they shouldn't. Maybe maybe no one should gamble if you if you're that morally strong. However, everyone does, and it's normal people. And you know, as long as he's not involved, in my opinion, in the games that he's potentially fixing or anything like that, as long as it doesn't go deeper, six months I think is is daft, and that should go for for every player as well. Okay, well we don't know the situation with Ivan Tony in terms of if he will be banned. It looks like he will, but we don't know yet because as he says. 
it looks like there are things being leaked to the press which he describes as disturbing whatever happens in that situation I'm sure we'll discuss it when it comes up again here on Football Social Daily but from us in Newcastle for one episode only that is it for today Marley off to the strawberry after this aren't you we are Oh, we are. We are. <laughs> what are you trying to signal? Trying, trying to throw him under guy. the bus. <laughs> he knows the strawberry. He knows the area. We don't. A little bit. Nuki Brown in the strawberry. Never what? call it Nuki as well. Oh, Nuki Brown is what it's known as everywhere else outside. Exactly. It's that's why. Do that's they not call it dog up here? I remember reading on the side of a bottle of Newcastle Brown Ale once, known affectionately as a bottle of dog. <laughs> don't know. I'll, I'm going <laughs> to ask. A bar, I'll ask a bartender in there. In the strawberry and watch yeah. him look at me like I've got four heads. Yeah, I'll I'll be in the other corner of the bar at that yeah. point. I'm Mar- not with you. Yeah. I'll have a Newcastle brown. Marley will have a cider. Joel, you have a white wine spritzer, don't you? Is that- <laughs> I, think, I think that should be on Marley, no? <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it for Football Social Daily. We'll catch you again tomorrow. See you then. Football Social Daily is a voice work sport production for the Sports Social Podcast Network.